Another Saturday, a beautiful Saturday today here in Garnerville, Rockland County, New York. And uh, I, I hope that everybody is having a great Saturday so far. Uh, we've got stories and we've got music uh, later on in the hour. I will play music from an artist known as Roberta Campos. And uh, she teamed up with Natta Roots for a song called Miragem. And uh, it's completely in Spanish, but it, it, it's a great song. It sounds great. So I, I decided I'd play that one today for you. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, it's in the 70s. I think at last check, it's 71 degrees, beautiful sunshine, couple clouds in the sky, but no big deal. And uh, ready, we're ready to tackle another day here on WRCR. Uh, I want to thank all of you for joining me and... Uh, We'll get to the stories in just a bit. I just want to say real quick, uh, tomorrow is an important day for me. Uh, tomorrow will mark my second year, will mark two years that I've been at WRCR. And it's gone by fast. It's gone by really fast. And where I, I came in and uh, I was just board hopping and uh, occasionally DJing. And then it led to uh, me working with Pete on the Pete Clemental show and uh, various other things have followed as time has gone on. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, these two years have gone by so quick and, uh, I am so grateful to be here in this chair and to be at the station. And um, I've got a long way to go to catch up to Steve. <laughs> a long way to go. Uh, and, and let me just say something real quick about Steve Bissell. You know, I I wake up at various times. Usually I, usually I wake up early, but every so often I'll wake up a little later. But... No, no matter what time I wake up, I'll turn on the radio and uh, and I'll listen to the morning show. And there's no one like Steve. There, there's no one like him. And uh, this place is not going to be the same without him. Uh, now, he'll be around, I'm sure. Uh, he'll make his appearances here and there. But uh, he's been a steady voice 
on the air here for the last 20 years and for 30 uh, years before that at RKL. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't get to catch his, uh, his stint with RKL. I, I, I've only really listened to him the last couple of years, but uh, I, I, I'll tell you, I've learned a lot from him just, just by listening to him, just by listening to how he commands the morning airwaves and uh and uh you know he's gonna be missed around here he really is and uh i know a lot of people have been calling and uh continue to call continue to tell them uh tell them how you feel because uh you know he, he really is uh he's an institution not just in Rockland County, but for radio in general. Uh, radio is better off when someone with his talent is on the air. So uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I doubt that Steve is listening right now, but uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done for the station and for Rockland County. Uh, now... I am going to start off with a story that I was about to do uh, at the end of last week's show, and uh, I promised I would do it this week because I I thought it was so cool, and uh, so we're going to begin, pardon me, in South Carolina. It's It's a mechanic by the name of Elliot Middleton. And uh, CBS News did this uh, story on him. Uh, He's a mechanic that fixes old cars and donates them to rural families without a ride. And uh, once they did the story on him, uh, the response was amazing. They, They people offered to donate nearly 800 cars to the cause. He said, uh, my phone started exploding from all over the place. Whatever glowing feeling is inside me, it just transferred. Pardon me. It just transferred from that TV screen and went inside them. And he described the response as soul-soothing. Now... Middleton's yard is a cemetery of used cars. He uh, he brings them to life and helps those in uh, South Carolina's low country. He said there's no public transportation. There's no Ubers. There's no taxis, nor nothing like that. Uh, now, some of the people getting the uh, fixed-up cars... Uh, range from uh, single moms, uh, job seekers, uh, older folks with doctor appointments. And, uh, you know, last Christmas, for example, he gave a 2004 Suzuki to single mom Jessica Litchfield, who described his work as a lifesaver. Uh Middleton's sister 
is helping to organize the overwhelming response to his deeds, uh, which also includes more than $100,000 in cash donations. So when he was asked if he ever could have imagined such a response, he simply said, never in a lifetime. So that's that's amazing right there. Elliot Middleton helping out his community, using his skills to help out his community, and I, I think that's really awesome. So if I hear anything else about his story or, or, or hear anything else about that, uh, uh, his uh, charity, I, I will certainly share it because uh, uh, that's really awesome right there. Now, uh, let's continue with the story on Robin Stevens. Now, Robin Stevens is a race walker. And uh, she showed signs of developing an eating disorder in high school, in her senior year. She said, I remember getting on the scale and seeing that I weighed 100 pounds. I had always been under 100. In my head, seeing the three digits just seemed like a lot. I was only 4 feet 11 inches tall. She says, uh, it fully developed in freshman year of college. I was at an indoor meet, and when a girl won an event, one of my coaches said, yes, she did well, but imagine how much, how much faster she would be if she were skinnier. And she says, uh, it registered in my head as something that might be a possibility for why I wasn't going faster. Now, she continues, my goal was to go to the 2004 Olympics and race walk, but there were all these things going on with my body. I went through late puberty, so I didn't start developing breasts until the first year of college. I looked heavier. My coach would have weigh-ins in front of everybody. I was binging and starving. I didn't know a name for what my issue was. I wasn't anorexic because I wasn't starving myself intentionally. I would try to cut out foods that weren't healthy, but with the limited options of cafeteria food, it was hard. And uh, she says, uh, I thought I just, I, I thought I can't stop myself from eating because I need to make sure I eat right, so I'll just start running a lot. I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning and go for a run, then go to my classes all day, then go to track and field training, then go for another run at night. She continues, I wanted to throw up, but couldn't. I didn't know how to purge. I was convinced I didn't have a gag reflex because every time I tried, it wouldn't work. I called my youth coach and said, if I don't leave, I think I might die. I'm on an unhealthy path right now. I no longer cared how fast I was going. Now all my attention was just on getting skinnier. I didn't care about performance and I totally forgot about the Olympics. I just wanted to stay alive. 
And she continues, I came back home and transferred to another college. I was scared to eat the cafeteria food. I sometimes subsisted on two ice cream sandwiches a day. I needed 2,000 calories, and they were about 1,000 calories each. I would eat one in the morning and the second for dinner. I figured I got my carbs from the cookies and dairy and protein from the ice cream. You could tell I'm not a dietitian. Another teammate confided in me she had been taking stuff to help her throw up. That day I went to the pharmacy, bought it over the counter, and tried it for the first time. It cleans your entire inside out and takes a lot of energy out. It's very exhausting and scary. I remember curling up in a ball in the bathroom and feeling super weak. My whole body was shaking. And she says, My last race was in 2003. I was really slow, so I tried that stuff one more time. The back of the bottle said even one-time use could cause your heart to stop. In February 2004, I learned that Al Hepner, a top male race walker, took his own life after not qualifying for the Olympics. I didn't know him well, but I considered him my race walk brother. When he passed away, I realized I wasn't any different than him. I was just basically slowly killing myself. I needed to choose life. I told my family I had to step away from track and field altogether. There were times where I was so depressed in 2004 after quitting sports, but I'm fortunate that I have a really strong support system around me. My mom was basically my talk therapist. I pretty much reached full recovery in 2009. Around that time, I took a group therapy class and learned that I had general anxiety disorder. I started understanding nutrition better. I pay attention to what makes my body feel energized and good and what makes, makes it feel draggy and tired. When I stepped away from competition, I had no intention of coming back. The return was a total accident. I hit my head and had a concussion leading to, my, to a migraine for four months. My doctor advised walking because running, swimming, and biking would be a little too much for my brain. So I started race walking again simply for health reasons and accidentally qualified for the Olympic trials in 2016. I took it as a sign that that part of my life wasn't finished. I decided to give this another go. Qualifying for the U.S. Olympic team for Tokyo was surreal. After I crossed the finish line, when my mom hugged me and said, you're an Olympian now, I broke down in tears. I would tell other young female athletes facing the same pressures to pay attention to your support network. Who are the people who truly express and show they care about your well-being? Reach out to them if you're having issues. Don't be afraid. Be your own best friend. Whenever anyone begins to overly obsess about something, that's an indicator something is out of balance and there, there's a need to do a mind-body wellness check. Trust yourself and don't give up. If you get off track, 
do what you need to do to get back on, but realize everybody has their own course. What do you need to do that's the healthiest for you? Don't be afraid to do what's best for you and take care of yourself. So wise words from someone who went through the ringer for many years, 17 years after her eating disorder forced her to quit. And she is going to complete, compete in the Olympics in Tokyo as a race walker. So, you know, everybody has, uh, simply put, everybody has an obstacle. Everybody has a hurdle that they have to jump over or work their way around. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you never give up. Never give up. Keep going no matter what you have to do. But also know your limits and make sure that make sure that you're doing everything you can to stay healthy and to keep that balance in your life it's it's important and uh you know i i'm i'm so happy for her uh just to be able to to reclaim what she lost and and to get back on track and and do what she's doing is pretty amazing so coming up after the break, we've got Roberta Campos featuring Nata Roots with a song called Miragem right here on WRCR's The Good with Kevin Thomas. We'll be back in just a moment. Não perde 
Well, I really like that song a lot. Uh, I, I, of course, will have to brush up on Spanish in order to know exactly what was said in the song. But beautiful song. And uh, just to let you know, Roberta Campos actually has a a Latin Grammy nomination, and it's obvious why. Very talented. Uh, She plays guitar in that song as well. Uh, So Roberta Campos featuring Nataroot's music out of Brazil with the song Mira Gem. And a beautiful song. I really like that a lot. Uh, Let's go to the phones right about now. You're on with Kevin and the Good. Hi, Kevin. It's Anna calling. I just want you to know I'm listening in again and really enjoying this medical and the bus and stuff that you're talking about for the transportation. That's what I depend on is RSVP and the Mini and the trips buses. Thank God they're still here for me for uh, doctors and stuff like that. Right. And the problems that I've been through with the brain aneurysms, the seizures, and uh, the eye operation. I've made it, but it's a hard way to live and stuff like that, you mm. know? And two years for you already on the radio station? I can't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's gone by where the, Where'd the time go? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank and you. the other lesson I've learned, now you know who your friends and family are to help you and stuff like that, to get back and forth and stuff like that. It's very hard. Yeah. Okay, congratulations, and I'll keep listening. Okay, I appreciate take it, care. Anna. Thank you All so right, much. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Always good to hear from Anna, affectionately known as the Coupon Queen. Always doing great things for the community. Now, let's continue our stories here. I still can't get over that song. It's so good. It's so good. Mira Jim, very good song. Uh, want to talk about Brittany Bedwell. Now, she had uh, she was involved in an ATV crash. Uh, now the ATV crash injured her to the point where she was told by doctors that she would never walk again. Uh, A doctor told me that I was never going to walk again, and I didn't want to believe that. And I did for a while, and I had depression and anxiety. But once I got over that, I just woke up one day, and I just, like, started feeling some stuff in my legs, and I knew that it wasn't over. So in the months that followed, Brittany started gaining strength while she was doing her physical therapy. And her now husband, Glenn, proposed at the hospital. She said so much of her progress has been even more mental than physical. Now now that she was about to get married, uh, she thought about walking down the aisle. She said, it was really important to me because I got to watch my sisters walk down the aisle with with them, and I knew I wanted to do that, so I had to push myself even harder. So, her sister, Ashley Sieb, posted video and photos 
of her sister walking down the aisle on the big day. How about that? She leaves me speechless. So I'll just say Brittany Bedwell inspires me to never give up, Ashley said. To believe in miracles, to stay strong, to defy the odds, to love deeply and freely. Happy wedding day, baby sister. You are stunning and strong. Now, that's not the only thing with this story. Now, Brittany was told that because of her injury, she, would, she wouldn't be able to have kids again. Now, it turns out, Brittany is four months pregnant. You know, as much as doctors know, if something is meant to happen, it'll happen. And uh, with enough perseverance, with enough wherewithal to just never give up, it just goes to show you that... uh, Nothing is etched in stone. Now, uh, let's continue here. So kudos to Brittany Bedwell. And I want to talk about, uh, as we're talking about disabilities, I want to talk about this father from Maryland, uh, You know, there's nothing, uh, pardon me for a second here, Uh, there's nothing more precious than spending time with your newborn son and getting to know him better. Well, this Maryland father has been given the chance to take his son for a walk after his mobility was impaired by brain surgery. So, there's a school in Potomac called Bullish School. And three years ago, Matt Ziegler, the school's BitLab coordinator, used the school's makerspace to create a class Uh, a workspace filled with tools and advanced technology like 3D printers for focus on empathy-driven projects. Now, uh, I I guess uh, you you can say it's making for social good. Uh, Now, Matt says, the goal of the class each year is to pick a person or an organization that we can design and build something for go through a sort of empathy-driven process to understand what it is that they really need, and then also to design something that uses the tools in the lab and could hopefully be fabricated by other people with access to similar tools. Now, now their most recent project started in November of last year for a fellow teacher who gave birth to a baby boy in uh, March of this year. Uh, And uh, 
Chelsea King was the mother who gave birth to the baby boy, and her husband, Jeremy, had brain surgery three years ago and had uh, some balance issues. So it wouldn't be safe for him to carry his son around or to push a stroller, for example. So the students made it their mission to help them out and interviewed the family about what they needed and and wanted out of the device. Uh, The primary requirements were safety, maneuverability, and for it to easily attach. So uh, Matt says, we used some 3D modeling software and the students each sort of came up with different suggestions, very quick prototypes. So the class was divided into two groups to test out two different designs. For one model, the students took an infant car seat and attached it directly to the wheelchair. And for the other, the students connected the wheelchair to an existing stroller so you could push the stroller in front of you. So the students gave both models to the family after extensive testing. And according to Matt Ziegler, it's important to understand that these maker spaces have the power to create things that truly help people rather than just printing little toys and decorative objects and things that aren't really functional or useful for the world. Now, Matt continues, it's important to recognize that the power that the tools that a makerspace has to build functional things that can benefit people. So the, you can look for it online, but there's a couple uh, pictures of, uh, of uh, what they came up with. And uh, it's really interesting. They, you know, they, they take from, from the uh, place where, from the bar where the person in the wheelchair would place their feet they they attach the they attach the baby car seat to the front of it so he has easy access to the baby and uh, he can push the stroller along and uh yeah so it's it's really just amazing the ingenuity that it takes but uh Kudos to this class for uh, for stepping up and giving this father a chance to experience something with his son that he otherwise wouldn't have been able to. So when we come back here on The Good with Kevin Thomas, we've got more stories for you. And we've I'll tell you, just looking out the window, it's just it's just beautiful weather outside. And I hope that. uh I hope that you get a chance to enjoy it. I b- believe uh, tomorrow uh, we do have a chance of rain in the forecast. So today looks like the day for enjoying the beautiful weather outside this weekend. So when we come back, I- I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play a song by Yael Naim, and. Uh, her biggest hit to date is a song called New Soul. And uh, I'm going to play that when we come back 
here on The Good with Kevin Thomas in just a moment. strange world hoping I could learn a bit about how to give and take but since I came here felt the joy and the fear finding myself making every possible mistake Listening to the good with Kevin Thomas, and uh, that was Yael Naim with the song "New Soul." I, I heard that on a radio station far, far away uh, years ago, and uh, I thought, "Wow, this this is a really cool song." So glad I got the chance to actually play that one. That's a uh, that's a favorite of mine right there. I want to talk about 
75-year-old Joan McDonald. Now, on her Instagram page, and yes, she, she does have an Instagram page, she says, you can't turn back the clock, but you can wind it up again. Now, just a few years ago, in 2017, she was 70 years old, and uh, she weighed nearly 200 pounds. She had uh, blood pressure issues and uh, kidney troubles, and uh, she was on medication for cholesterol and acid reflux, and her doctor wanted to double the dose of the medication. And simply put, Joan said she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So she decided to leave her home in Ontario and move to Mexico to join her daughter, Michelle, who works as a fitness coach. So Joan began doing some daily cardio and she would train on weights about four days a week. Now, she also changed her diet. Diet is very important. So she says, uh, I started getting used to eating five balanced meals a day, a pre-workout meal, post-workout meal, and three other meals. Before, I had been eating three meals a day, but wasn't aware of breaking meals up into protein, fats, and carbs. Within nine months of, of moving to Mexico and starting this diet and exercise plan, within nine months, she was off all of her medication. So now, here's, a, here's a, an excerpt from a post that she made uh, her Instagram page is uh, Train with Joan. That, that's her Instagram page. And she says, And there you have it, folks. I'm now the same weight as my daughter, 129 pounds. Who would have thought it? My one word of advice from, for all of you is to not focus on the goals, but instead focus on the day-to-day -day habits that you'll need to master along the way. Also, remember that it's not your body that got you out of shape. It was your mind. If you really want to make lasting changes, you'll have to tackle your mindset. Surround yourself with people and ideas that lift you up and get to the root of why you would ever undermine your own progress so you can stop doing it. I personally never met, never had a goal to be the same size as Michelle, her daughter. I just wanted to get off my medication and enjoy my retirement. Four years later, and I'm finally having the retirement of my dreams. Laughter, travel, good conversations, discovering new hobbies, just being in love with being alive again. This is all because I changed my mindset. Getting a size 4 shape is just the icing on the cake.
So isn't that something? Now at 75, she's in the best shape of her life. She says, people need to know, especially women, that you are not finished at 40, definitely not finished at 50 or 60 or 70. You can go on and on until the day there is no more. And you should be able to do it with pizzazz. But she says it's it's not just about eating better and exercising. She says, remember that it's not your body that got you out of shape. It's your mind. So amazing. And now she insists that the toughest battle is not a physical one. It's changing your beliefs about yourself. If you really want to change, you're going to have to change who you think you are deep down inside. As long as you keep telling yourself you're a snacker, you're going to continue to snack when you're stressed or bored. As long as you continue to tell yourself you're a drinker, then you'll eventually go back to a glass of wine at night or on the weekend with friends. As long as you keep telling yourself that you're too old or too injured or too overweight, you'll keep on going back to that story when you are faced with the inevitable challenges ahead of you. So changing your mindset, changing your identity, this is absolutely key to lasting transformation. So she on her Instagram, she posts photos of herself in uh, sport tops or jumping the waves in beachwear, she has 1.4 million followers on Instagram. And she's partnered with a retailer called Women's Best. Uh, she says, uh, her daughter says, at 70 years old, she was huffing and puffing just to get up a flight of stairs. Now she is learning how to barbell squat and hip thrusting over 200 pounds. Wow. That is inspiring right there. So kudos to Joan McDonald for taking the reins on her life and doing what she needs to do for herself. Now, I want to talk, uh, we've got a couple minutes left uh, in the broadcast today, and uh, I want to talk about Russia. Yes, uh, this woman's name is Svetlana Sanarova. She's 64 years old. Now, she was walking home from a supermarket in the Russian city, and forgive me, of Novokuznetsk. <laughs> I, I think I got it. On July 21st, she was walking home from the supermarket uh, in that town. I'm not saying it again. When out of the corner of her eye, she saw a toddler clinging to a second floor window. So she dropped her bags and rushed to the window with her arms held out. And she arrived just in time. Now, uh, 
Yeah, figures my phone would do this. There we go. Okay, we're back in business. So CCTV revealed that she caught the boy just in time. Now, now the boy's name is Igor. And, uh, well... My phone's acting up here. <laughs> Figures we've, we've only got a couple minutes left. But anyways, uh, CCTV revealed that she caught the boy after a 15-foot fall. Now, Igor's father, Dmitry Teryelkin, ran down to retrieve his son after she saved his life. And she told the news service over there, she said, I thought if I didn't catch him, he would crash before my eyes. I needed to run and catch or it would be much worse. He turned out to be rather heavy, but I did not think about the risk at the moment. So the boy's father thanked her, but she did not. But he did not ask her name. Uh, now, she ended up leaving the scene after that and and uh what do you do when when you save a kid's life well she went to the beach uh it took six days until she was identified and honored by authorities after many posts on social media now uh it turned out uh, the father said that uh his wife was looking after the boy although she had gone to get a bottle for their other child. They have a four-year-old daughter and 18-month-old twins uh, as well. And uh, in return, uh, the father tried to give this hero grandmother, Svetlana, uh, a 1,000 rubles. Now, she refused to accept the money. Now, a 1,000 rubles, by the way, is about $13.56 in American. Uh, and she refused the money because she said this offended me. Now, uh, he put the rubles in her bag, even though she acknowledged she didn't need it. Uh, she says, I didn't think about any risk. I was only afraid that he would die. And then I worried about what happened to him until I read in the newspaper that he got away with only minor bruises. So, wow. A hero grandmother, Svetlana Senarova, kudos to saving the life of a young boy in a harrowing situation. Well, folks... The good news continues. All you have to do is keep your eyes peeled. You'll find it. And if you don't, well, you can always come back here next Saturday when I tell you the good news right here on WRCR and The Good with Kevin Thomas. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank WRCR. I want to thank uh, Alex and Carrie for allowing me the chance to do this show. I really do appreciate it and uh 
I enjoy every minute of it. Can you believe we're already through 21 episodes of the show? Now, uh, kudos, by the way, to uh, to Brian Avenue, Bob Trevero, and to Jeff Lewis, uh, Wilson Avenue, Jeff. Uh, they they just recently celebrated their 400th episode yesterday. So uh, I've got some catching up to do, but uh, I'm hoping for 400 more right here on WRCR. So have a great weekend, and I'll see you next Saturday right here on The Good with Kevin Thomas. God bless. God bless America.